Welcome to Unconditional Love Fellowship with Bishop Malcolm Smith. This is episode number 43, recorded March 19th, 2013, The Offering of Praise. For more information and more teachings by Malcolm Smith and Unconditional Love Fellowship, please visit www.malcolmsmith.org or check out the new ministry website at unconditionallovefellowship.com. And now, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you. And I want to continue this theme of joy, rejoicing, which is the, I'd have to say it's one of the major themes of Scripture because wherever you find love, there you find joy and there you find peace. And therefore it's, it's one of those subjects that it's, it's not a footnote to the Scripture. It is basic, basic, that we are the people of joy. And I want to read from one of the Psalms, and it's in Psalm number 50, and there's a a couple of verses. Um, And the the verse is a sort of, what can I say, a chorus to the Psalm. If you think of the Psalm being sung, then they, they come to this refrain, and then they sing some more and come back to the refrain. And, and there it is in verse 14. Psalm number 50, verse 14. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me, says the Lord, in the day of trouble. I will rescue you, and you will honor me. Okay, that's the first refrain. And then in verse 23, at the end of the psalm, the idea comes back again. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. And to him who orders his way aright, I will show the salvation of God. So, really, if we had time to just take the psalm, um, which I'm not, I'm taking these words of refrain from it, but the whole psalm, this is the, the beating heart of the psalm, as it is indeed of many, many psalms. And you could reduce it that, that God is saying to the people that his desire, the desire of God, is that he would have a people who are offering to him praise, thanksgiving at all times. Now, just to get this out of the way, because I I think if uh, some people were really honest, they might say, is God some extreme egotist? I mean, is he saying, I want you to dance around me and saying I'm the greatest? Uh, No, that's that's not what it's about. Uh, And as I unfold this, I hope you'll get it, that praise is... We the creature, we those who have come to see reality in and through Jesus Christ, we are walking, we're living out our lives in truth. And that truth includes the fact that we are in Christ. Christ is in us. And He shares our entire life with us. So it encompasses the totality of life. And praise, let me just say quickly, is walking in the truth of that 
and giving thanks to God that that is so in this moment of time. And so praise is the bond, if I could say the glue, of our relationship with Jesus, with the Father. Uh, there's verses, and I was trying to think of one in particular, there's so many of them, but okay, in John 14, 20, uh, Jesus is speaking of this day in which you and I live. And he says, In that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. One aspect of that word in is praise and thanksgiving. That we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. That in it is the praise and thanksgiving that flows from our heart to the Father through Jesus. It's, it's the bond, it's the expression, it's the activity, it's the functioning of this relationship. And those of you that have discovered this open secret, this reality of living a life of giving thanks to God, will also testify that it is a life of functioning relationship with God. It's the way it works. Or let me say it like this, maybe shocking to some, that Jesus did not come, he did not suffer and die and rise again only to deliver us from our sin. Did you, did you hear me? Jesus did not die and rise again merely to deliver us from sin. Oh, that, that is the gigantic door that opens when we know that our sins are forgiven. Yes, I agree with that. But he died and rose again in order to bring about a people who are overflowing with joy in the truth, the reality of the meaning of life that we walk in relationship with love himself and we are declaring that on all hands, at all times, in praise and thanksgiving to such an incredible God. And we are releasing that thanksgiving and praise, that joy and that peace into our world, in the way we do things, in our attitude to life, in the way we talk about life, so that we imprint our world with the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, this most basic activity, the heart activity of believers, which is to give thanks to God, is called in these verses, and you'll find it scattered through the Psalms, the expression, back to verse 14 there, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it says offer, so it's an offering, and that offering is called a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And then, down in verse 23, it says, He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving. 
sacrifice of thanksgiving or sacrifice of praise sometimes uh, you'll, you'll find that you, you might realize that did not sound odd on your ears because you've read that uh, many times throughout the Psalms sacrifice or an offering of praise or of thanksgiving now let me again get something out of the way here the word sacrifice in today's world, it means you've given something up. You really wanted it. You didn't really want to give it up. But, well, yeah, I'll do it. I don't want to, but I will. It's a sacrifice. Okay, that has nothing to do with what this word means and means throughout the Old Testament. It's not that sacrifice isn't giving something up that I really wanted, but now you know, well, the law says so and so, I've got to do it and I'll do it and try and pretend to enjoy it. No. A sacrifice in the Scripture is an offering. It's giving something up to God. It's an intentional offering. It's, it's not something that just happens to you by a sort of Christian default. Intentionally, you offer. What do you offer? You offer with great joy, declaring the love, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, and the greatness of God. You declare that. That is who He is. And you do it when there is not a shred of physical or material evidence to my senses that say that's true. Did you, did you hear me? This sacrifice, you know in the Old Testament they took their lambs and their bulls and, and then they offered them as a sacrifice to God. Well, this, this offering was an offering given to God very intentionally with great choice and focus you are offering with great joy declaring that he is love he is covenant love he has sworn himself to me and he is here and he is now in this situation the great God who is covenant love and I declare that I declare it with joy. But there's not a shred of evidence to my five senses that that is true. In fact, sometimes what I'm looking at and what is pressing against me would seem to contradict that fact. That's the sacrifice of praise. And, and it was given or began, if you're going to go by the Old Testament model, here I am in the middle of trouble and a problem, and I give that sacrifice of praise. Yeah, I, I know I'm standing in the middle of the impossible. In front of me yawns the great abyss of nothingness. But I declare that you are my God. And you in your great love has sworn never to leave me nor forsake me. And I know that you will deliver me. 
And when that deliverance has become public fact, then I will testify to you in the temple and I'll gather my friends and we will celebrate you together for what you have done. That was the sacrifice of praise. And that word praise there would, I think, better be translated as thanksgiving. And one of these days we'll look at all the different words for that, but thanksgiving. And thanksgiving, let me tell you what that means, because it's not quite what we mean here in the West. In the West, when I use the word thanks, it is usually thanking you for something you've done. So thank you for doing that. Thank you, that was awfully nice of you, and so on. Well, in the scripture, although that idea is hovering in the background, essentially when a person gave thanks, they were confessing, which, of course, that too has been shredded of its meaning. The word confess, it's a Latin word in our English language, uh, con, which in Latin means with, and fess means together. Um, and, and so confess means to say together with. It, it, to confess in the sense of giving thanks is to say together with God who he is and all that he has sworn in covenant to be to me. So in that sense, confess, it means amen. You are who you said you are. You are the truth who can never be other than who you said you are. And I say with God, again, maybe contrary to what my senses are reporting, I say with God, and if possible, I say with others, this is who God truly is. And so it is to acknowledge God in my situation. I do not look at the situation based only on my five senses. I look at the situation and recognize that may be invisible at this moment, unfelt, but Father and Son and Holy Spirit are here in this situation with me and in me. I acknowledge that with words. I recognize that to be true. I recognize that He is faithful. I recognize He's unchanging. He cannot deny Himself. And I do that with joy and rejoicing. I am saying He is here now. He is all that He says and has revealed Himself to be. He is that now. He is here now. Those last three words are very important, you know. The, the he is now, he is, he's here. Sounds sound sort of obvious. And it is. Except legalism, living by law, with all its trappings of guilt and shame and punishment can never say that. Have you noticed 
when you are around those dear people who have not seen the grace of God yet, that they cannot speak of God now. They cannot speak of God as being in this now-is moment. They cannot comprehend that he's here now. They'll always say he will be here when, ha, oh, that's their big word, when, when you've whatever, when you've prayed enough, when you've given up enough stuff, when you've read your Bible enough, when you've tithed enough, when you've, I don't know what, they've always got a when. So he's never here, he'll be here when. That's why they're always surprised on Sunday morning when they say God showed up, as if it's the last thing they ever expected. Uh, you see, there's no when with God. He is. That can change your life. And I mean that. To give thanks to God is to confess that He's here. He's now in the middle of my mess. He's here. That, that, that's the wonder of thanksgiving. And no wonder you shout it with joy above the din uh, of what's going on in your head because of what your senses are reporting. You declare above the bedlam that this God, this beautiful God, Father who loves me, the Son who gave himself to bring me home, and the Holy Spirit who is that love within me and in this circumstance. That's my confession. That's my recognition. That's my acknowledgement. That's my thanks. And I give that as a sacrifice of praise. So the sacrifice of praise, this offering to God, is actually the releasing of my faith in who God truly is. For giving thanks to God, I say again, is not necessarily saying thank you for something. It's thank you for who you are. Thank you for being the kind of God you are. And, as I just said, this comes of the Holy Spirit. You, you cannot praise God unless you know Him through the Spirit. Or, we would say, born again. Uh, you, you have known the regenerating presence of the Holy Spirit. And now, as a child of God, you praise Him. The praise is foreign to the lips of the unbeliever because the unbeliever has no understanding of who God is. That comes because God came and showed us who He is in the Lord Jesus. And then He gave us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the one who stirs my inner self to praise. The Holy Spirit is the one that bubbles up within me with joy and rejoicing. And so it says, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, joy, right, right up there in the fruit of the Spirit is joy. It's the fruit, it's the expression of the Spirit. And as I've already quoted, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And whenever it speaks of the Holy Spirit enabling us to love, whether that be the love 
that expresses in kindness or the love in gentleness or the love in patience, the love in long-suffering with people that are very difficult to love. Have you noticed, well, take Colossians chapter 1, and it's in about verse 11, where it says of the Holy Spirit that He will strengthen you with all power according to the very omnipotent power of God. He has a power of the Spirit so that you may have patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. So that when we love these difficult people in the strength of the Spirit, it isn't with gritted teeth and with sighs. It is with a divine joy. And then, of course, the, the, the verse that um, really marks off the Christian life uh, and you, you probably know this. I find it interesting. It's in Ephesians 5.18 where it begins by saying, do not get drunk with wine. That, that is, do not have a false facade of some happiness. No, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs the Spirit gives you, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, even the Father. And so the New Testament is filled and overflowing with this giving of thanks to God, which... It's attended with the joy of the Lord in the midst of all of life, all of life. And let me say this is um, in all times, I read it there, in everything, at all times, giving thanks to God. But then in First Thessalonians in chapter 5, in verse 16, these are commands. This is the command of God. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many people I know spend half their life trying to find the will of God? I just read it. See, we think of the will of God as a place to be, a service to accomplish, a position to hold. No, basically the will of God is wherever you find yourself, overflow with thanksgiving to God and let your joy be imprinted upon your world. This is what, and it's a command, I say again, this isn't a suggestion. This isn't saying if you really had your act together, this is what it would look like. He is commanding us. That's quite a thought. Your response to that is not with feelings. Your response to that is what is called in Scripture the obedience of faith. That if that's what He commands me, this I will do. And I will begin to give thanks and praise to God. And then over in Hebrews 13 and verse 15, almost quoting the psalm we're looking at, in verse 15 it says, Through Him, through Jesus, then, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, he said, the fruit of lips, lips that give thanks to His name. 
And it's interesting, the, the word there, the fruit of lips, if it were to be translated literally, it, it is with the young bulls of our lips. You know, in the Old Testament, I, I said they brought their sacrifice of a bull, and they offered the bull to God as a sacrifice, and with it they gave their thanks and praise. Well, in the New Testament, the blood of Jesus has brought an end to all of those sacrifices, but he says, you, you bring your young bull, it's the young bull's words that come out of your mouth, and you offer them to God. Thanksgiving. And he says it's a sacrifice of praise. It's lips that give thanks to his name. And to do so, he says, at all times, at all times, constantly, without ceasing. So th this is not just saying, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. This is the way you talk about what's happening today. The way you do it. It's the attitude within it. Or put it this way, if you don't do this, then you'll be complaining, you'll be sighing, you'll be bored because you're reporting to God you don't think much of what He's put in your life. You'll be angry that you're not what you really want to be, should be, ought to be. And you'll be envious because of some neighbor or person in your life that has what you perceive is what you ought to be. And so on and so on and so on. No, we don't talk like that. How can you talk like that when you found the meaning of life in Christ Jesus? And so, the way you talk about life is not complaining, not envy, not bitter, but rather giving thanks to God as I offer Him this situation and declare that He's in the midst of this situation. And He's in the midst of it as love, working out His love purpose, declaring that you are here now. Yes, whatever the situation. And, and I well know that maybe thousands listening to me tonight, um, you, you have been or are still in some very bad situations. There's been plenty happening here in the USA. And I know there's been pretty bad situations elsewhere where you're listening. And to look at, at just the way it is, just the way it is, and say, Lord, you are here. You are now. You are in me. You are in this situation, and you are love. You are the source of my strength. You are the wellspring of wisdom that I should know what to do and how to act. You, you are my eyes to see the path that is ahead. You know, maybe if I gave you an illustration of this uh, directly from the Scripture, uh, it, it's, huh, it, it's a story I found that everybody knows about, at least they think they do, but they um, have never really read it. It's the story of Jonah. You know, Jonah and the whale. See, I told you you'd never read it, because that's not what the Scripture says. 
wasn't a whale, it says God prepared a great fish. There's never been one like it before or since. But anyway, um, you remember that, that Jonah is in the Mediterranean in a hurricane of great magnitude and he sinks into the Mediterranean. And, and down and down he goes in the swirling waters and the currents. He's drowning big time. And then the, the fish swallows him. And, and from within the fish, he makes a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Listen, this is Jonah chapter 2. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the stomach of the fish. I, I would say you're in pretty bad shape if that's where your prayer room is. And he said, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me. Now just hold it. This fellow has just been gulped down by a fish. He's in the belly of a fish somewhere in the depths of the Mediterranean Sea. And he says, you answer me. And he speaks about it in the past tense as though it's a done issue. Hmm. I cried for help from the depths of the grave. You heard my voice. Past tense declaring it's done. So here he is, praying in his distress, out of the depths of the grave. He said, the water has already covered my head. I'm in the grave. And you answered me. You heard me. That is his trust in God that cannot fail him. He said, you had cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. The current engulfed me. Your breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from your sight. You know that feeling? He said, as the waters covered my head and I sank down and I felt the currents tear at my body. My feeling at that time was, I've been abandoned by God and out of his sight. Water encompassed me to the point of death. A great deep engulfed me. Weeds, seaweed was wrapped around my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains. I went to the bottom of the sea. But you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. There it is again. In the middle of his situation, he is the way he talks. He's giving thanks to God that you've heard me. You're here in the belly of the fish with me and you have brought my life up from the pit. While I was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. My prayer came to you into your holy temple. I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. 
Salvation is from the Lord. He said, I'll sacrifice to you thanksgiving. Did, did you hear that? It's too much to read again. I'd like to, though. Here is a man, and he, he couldn't, he's overwhelmed. Uh, look, I am talking to people of this, I am certain. And you could relate to those verses. It isn't the Mediterranean Sea that's covering you. It's life. It's all the happenings of life. For some of you, it did indeed happen with a hurricane. But, but it, it just it caved in over your head. Life. You're overwhelmed. You, don't, it's, you might as well say, I, I'm, I'm in my coffin and I can hear the earth on top of the coffin coming down. And I've got the seaweed around my head. I've hit bottom. Now those words, they can apply to me, to you. We've been there. We know what it's about. And says Jonah, when that happened, I felt you had abandoned me. I felt, God, you'd expelled me from your presence. But he said, then I remembered who you were. I remembered and I called upon you and I began. And in giving thanks to you, I can say you are with me. You're hearing my prayer. You are getting me out of here. You are bringing deliverance. I offer to you this sacrifice these words of praise right out of the belly of the fish and I declare it's done for salvation is from the Lord and that word salvation we have seen before on these programs it means when God moves in and does what only God can do salvation always means as far as we're concerned it's impossible but he he does it he does it and, and you another incident you can read at length in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 when uh, all the enemies of Jehoshaphat came together against him and, and they go out in naked trust in God. They have nothing else to trust in. And so how do they do that? They send out a choir and the choir dressed in choir robes with their hands lifted they offer a sacrifice of praise and they are singing your loving kindness your covenant love endures forever that there that's another one and of course when they actually came to where their enemies were they found that their enemies had suddenly taken an extreme dislike for each other and and killed each other and that was the end of the battle. So, a sacrifice of praise is when we take our situation as it is, with no apologies, no exaggerations, no diminishings, but just as it is, and we offer that to God and we give thanks to Him. We thank Him that He's in this. We're not thanking God for the hurricane. We are thanking God that He's in it with us. He shares our experience. And He shares with us His wisdom, His strength, and His love. He takes us by the hand and He leads us. Something actually happens as we continually offer this sacrifice of praise. It's not a formula. And if I'm making it sound like a formula, please see beyond it. it th this is 
how the relationship that we have with the Father through Jesus, this is how it takes place. That I recognize Him. I confess Him. He is here. He is now. And He loves me. He's with me. And I continue to praise Him and to thank Him. I begin my day with praise to Him upon my lips. I talk in terms of God being with me, not of my abandonment. And I close my day giving thanks for His faithfulness. I'm saying that something happens. This whatever has taken place was meant for your destruction. The evil one meant it for your destruction. It was meant to cripple your faith and fill you with doubt. That was the intention. But as I choose with intention to look through the situation to the God who is, who is now, who is here. It turns around and what the enemy intended for you becomes his desert. Or as the Psalms so often say, that the pit that my enemy dug for me to fall into, he fell into himself. Uh, another illustration of this, though they don't all follow this pattern, but they follow the principle. And that's in Acts 16, when Paul and Silas are put in, in the innermost dungeon with stocks and whipped and in a terrible state of pain, in fact agony if you follow what exactly happened to them. And there they began to sing praise to God. And they sang praise to God so loudly the prisoners in the outer dungeon could hear them. And then as you remember there was the earthquake that broke down the dungeon and what was the result? Well, you see, the intention of the evil one was, this will shut Paul up. It will destroy him. He'll be unable to do any work in this part of the world. But as they sang praise to God, they were delivered out of their situation with the result, because of that, a great church was established there in Philippi. It's the way this works. And so we, we become strong in God and we see His activity um, all around us in ways that we never expected. We, let me say this quickly. We are thanking, we are giving praise to God for who He is. We are not giving thanks to God for how we think He should, ought, and must work. There are people that live in despair because God didn't do stuff the way they said He should. Now, I have no idea how God will work. It's the only time in the entire Acts of the Apostles that when people gave thanks to God, there was an earthquake. You see, God is not boring. Satan is awfully boring. The flesh is awfully boring. Same old stuff, same old stuff. Every day, same old stuff. 
and same temptations, never come up with anything new. All, all the world, the flesh, and the devil could do is take God's beauty and give it a twist, make it ugly. But that, that, that's, that's so boring. That's why, you know, the, the, the peak of the flesh activity, uh, addictions, how boring. Addicted to do the same thing in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, on and on, same old, same old. So boring. And God is limitlessly creative. He, he's, he's so different. You never know what he's going to do. Why? With, with the Israelites, he opens the Red Sea. Then Jesus, to get to the disciples, walked on the sea. I, I could keep on going. Everything is, is a different because he's so hilariously creative. So don't be thanking God for what you think he ought to do, should do. No, just thank God that he's this incredible God that he is and see how he turns out this time. Um, if we do not, if we are unthankful, read it, it's in Romans chapter 1, and I'm guessing it's around about verse 25, somewhere in there. But Romans chapter 1, and it says the very first result of sin was that they, the humankind became unthankful. That's interesting. The first thing. All the other sins that came later. But the first great sin was that mankind was no longer thankful to God. See, thankfulness is humility. It is humility. Humility isn't that, you know, oh, I'm poor, me, I don't deserve anything, I'm not worthy. I, that's pride. No, um, humility is giving thanks to God. I'm a creature and He created me. He gave me life and He saved me by the blood of Jesus Christ and He dwells within me by His Spirit. That's humility. And the heart of sin then is to say, no way, I'm my own man. I've got life by the horns. I'm captain of my own ship, you see. And so there's no giving thanks to God until we come to him through Christ. But then it says there in Romans 1, that because of that unthankfulness, because of that unthankfulness, they were darkened in their understanding. And they became futile. Wow. Darkness, that's the domain of devils, but also darkness is confusion. I don't know where I'm going, I don't know which way is up. It's scary if you're lost in the dark. And futility, that means continual dead ends, a life that's continually going nowhere. And it says the darkness of your mind and the futility in life directly arises from unthankfulness. Interesting. And so what is the effect of giving praise to God? If that's the effect of not giving the sacrifice of thanks, what is the result of it? Let me read again from Psalm 50. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. Then the following phrase is 
difficult to put into English. And so you'll find different ways of translating it in the different translations you may have. This one, New American Standard, says, To him who orders his way aright, I will show the salvation of God. The fact is that orders his way aright is linked to what is just said. That is, the person who offers a sacrifice of praise and honors the Lord is a person who orders his way aright, or actually brings about a road. As we give a sacrifice of praise, it brings about a way or a road. Let me um, give you some other translations of this that open that up. Um, to him who orders his way aright. Uh, others have said, I will open, I will fashion a way or a path for the salvation of God to be revealed. So as I give my sacrifice of praise, a way, a pathway, a road opens up in a trackless desert in the middle of the Mediterranean, in the belly of a fish, a way opens up. And I can see the way. Maybe nobody else can see it, but I can see the way. Um, another translation is, for such a one, as gives a sacrifice of praise, there is prepared a way along which I will grant him to see the salvation of God. Or another translation is, along which I will grant him a rapturous, <laughs> a rapturous, you know, a, a, an exalting, an ecstatic vision of the full reality of my salvation. Whichever way you translate it, I hope you've got the picture. Here you are. You're in this situation. And we begin to offer, to offer this situation to the Lord and give Him thanks that He is who He is, regardless of what my senses are reporting. And the result is a way opens up ahead of me. And that way reveals, I can see now the salvation of God. That action of God's love, that is something only God could accomplish in the world of my impossible. Isaiah 35 verse 10 has talked about this way, this road that opens up in the desert or the wilderness place. And it says, the ransomed of the Lord will return along that road, and they shall come with joyful shouting to Zion, with everlasting joy upon their heads. So instead of having heads that have a cap of complaining and darkness and futility, your headdress is everlasting joy. They will find it will there like finding precious things along the roadway. They shall find gladness and joy 
and sorrow and sighing will flee away from them, scatter like ugly dark things off the road, out of the way, into the desert. And you dance on your way into God's activity of love in bringing you through and out of this situation. It, it's the road where we have God's sight. If the road of unthank is blindness and meaningless stumbling to nowhere, offering a sacrifice of praise constantly in everything brings a God's sight. I can see or as it says in Hebrews 11 of Moses, he saw the invisible. He could see what no one else could see. He could see. You and I can see the salvation of God. You can see God at work. Just as Jonah did. In the middle of the problem, still talking in the tense that says he's done it. It's not only the physical either. It's not only the physical. Maybe more importantly, it's that inner person. As you take on this lifestyle, for that is what I speak of, this lifestyle of relationship, which is forever giving thanks to God, then I am strengthened in my inner person. I am given enlightened understanding. I have God-given wisdom to know what I must do in life. And I become one of God's wise people. Because as I am saying concerning Him all that He says concerning Himself and concerning me, I now can see all that He sees and further give thanks. So, uh, there it is, um, I, I have pretty well said it, I, I want to say again, we offer praise to God not as a formula, we do so because it is the final truth, therefore you can never say of this offering of joyous praise to God, you can never say, well, I'll see if it works. No, 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 please, no, no, no. If that's where you're at, forget everything I've said, because that, no, you'll have so missed it. You don't, you don't praise God to see if it works. You, you don't give it a try. This is relationship. This is responding to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in final truth and reality. Not because it works or doesn't work. You can't even use those expressions here. We are speaking of relationship. And we praise God when we have no feelings. We praise God when we're overwhelmed with feelings. We praise God when joy is tangible within us. We praise God when in naked faith we say, I don't understand what's going on, but you are God. You are my Father, and you are pro-me. 
though I, uh, presently I can't see or feel that. I do it because it's truth. I do it because it's foundational to being a complete human being in Christ Jesus. So let me send you into your world. Your world. Sometimes that's a world I can't go into. The best I can do is teach you truth and then send you into your world. You see, if you're an attorney, <clears throat> you speak attorney. You know what I mean? You, you, there's a world there of attorneys. <laughs> I, I don't understand, I, I don't understand even the forms that you put out. I don't understand what you're talking about. That's your world. It's your world of defending people, prosecuting people. It's your world. Go into that world as one who from your heart gives a sacrifice of praise throughout the day so that all of your words and your attitudes they are reflecting this almighty presence of the Holy Spirit who is the heart of praise. If you, you, you're a CEO in corporate business, I don't have a clue what goes on there. I talk to some people that are in corporations. I, the very language they use in the concepts they have, I, 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 it leaves me speechless. I, I can't think it. But I know, wow, you're a missionary. You go into that corporation as a praiser, as one who overspills the joy of the Lord. Imprint your world. I, I, I'm thinking of one of my very close friends who's in the corporate world. And, and the anxiety, the tensions, the stress that is potential to any person in that kind of business, especially in today's economy. And, and, and to go into that world with the peace of God and with the joy of the Lord and with trust that God blesses where you are because of you. I, into your factory world, Again, I could keep going. These are worlds that are foreign countries to me, but you hear me now. Take what I've said. Go into your world and imprint your world. Joseph went into a world of Egyptian gods and goddesses, pagan, vile gods and goddesses. But he offered his slavery to the Lord and gave praise to him. And it says that God blessed Potiphar, his slave owner. God blessed Potiphar for Joseph's sake. Wherever Joseph went, there went the blessing of God. There went the joy of the Lord. And finally Potiphar brings Joseph to him and says, God is blessing me because of you. Well, yes, go into your world. You see, this isn't something you just do when you're with believers. This isn't something you talk like just when you're in church. This is your life. And as I said, and I hope you understood me, it's a way of talking. You may not say the words, praise be to God. Your heart is, but it comes out in a conversation without anger, a conversation without complaint, conversation without sighing and despair because you've seen 
him who is the very center of life and therefore you can bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. This is our 90th broadcast by webinar and I want to thank all of you who have sent your offerings to make it possible. We had we decided way back that we were offering this program free to the world and we are listened to in I don't know how many how many countries of the world uh, throughout the week um, throughout the time zones um, I don't know how many countries and persons listen and it's all offered free of charge and there are some of you there that have taken it upon yourself to send an offering an offering of thanks to God which enables us to keep doing this and on this 90th broadcast I will ask those of you that may not have considered that to let your sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving reach into your bank account and send an offering of praise to God that we may continue to do this to the 900th broadcast um, but today I just want to thank those of you that have given and some of you uh, given one-time gifts that were significant and that so helped us especially last year and so thank you and now the blessing of God who is almighty love the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit his blessing be upon you be in your mind be in your understanding Fill your innermost person. Burst through your emotions. Bring healing and health to your body. So I bless you as you listen to my words and declare that is the way it is. Amen.